Welcome back to another episode of Family Illinois Football Podcast. I'm your host, Juice Williams, here with co-host Cam Buckner. Cam, how you doing this week? I'm doing okay, bro. I'm still uh, reeling from what happened uh, this past weekend in uh, in Iowa City, bro. The pink locker rooms, man. I keep telling you what's going on. <laughs> I keep telling you, man, that it's a tough place to play. And I think that's the same thing for Iowa. Like, if you just historically, what Iowa does as a program, Anyone that goes into Iowa City in a big-time game, everyone's excitement. It always comes out as this low-scoring defensive struggle. And a lot of times, Iowa ends up coming out with the win. And some sort of home field advantage, some sort of psychological thing, I think, is absolutely there. Uh, But that game ended up exactly how I'd imagine it to go in terms of just being low-scoring, defense constantly on the field, um, mistakes being made from an offensive perspective, low-scoring game. It was exactly that. Now I wanted us to come out with a win to go ahead and get Bo eligible now versus Wade. But, you know, that game kind of worked out exactly how I thought it would. Yeah, you know what? I've been going back and forth in my head for the last few days, and I've got these voices juice in my head. I can hear uh, Herm Edwards uh, saying, you played to win the game, right, in my head. I can hear hear Jim Moore saying, playoffs? (laughs) I can hear Denny Green saying, they were, they are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. All those things are true about what happened to us last week, man. And so um, it, it did play out, play out in the, in the, I think the worst way, in worst case scenario for us. The 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 silver lining to this dark cloud is that uh, we still got um, a football game left to play next week, and we get a chance to to hopefully prove who we are. I think for me, uh, you know, this couldn't be the last time that we see. Guys like Isaiah Tom, Isaiah Isaiah, um, Isaiah Williams, um, uh, Zach uh, uh, Zach Randolph, and 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 and, and Newton. Um, this may be our last time seeing them as Illini, right? And I think they deserve to go out not in a cold game in Memorial Stadium against Northwestern. I think they deserve to go out in a bowl game somewhere in December. And so hopefully we can pull our stuff together to make that happen. Now, I agree, hundred percent, man. You just never know going into these. Uh, essentially a sudden death situation where everything is on the line. You either become bowl eligible or you don't. And I'd be interested in seeing what the, uh, what are the, the what's the data around these closeout games for Illinois. Uh, because I personally was in a situation once, uh, 2008, five and six, going against Northwestern in Evanston. And we need one game to become bowl eligible. Um, and we lose in a shootout. I think the score was something like – 20, uh, I want to say maybe 35 to 42 or something like that. I can't remember what the score was, but it's a lot of offense in that game. It being a rival game, I mean, there's a lot of emotions around that. Um, it's Obviously, it's a lot at stake. Um, this year, precisely, Northwestern is already bowl eligible, sitting at 65. We're trying to become bowl eligible. I mean, you can't tell me they, not, they don't have bulletin board stuff up right now where everything – Kill the, the, the squash Illinois' hopes for for bowl season. You can't tell me that's not on the top of the branch because because there's so much history within this rival game. It's a lot of tension that's always is there. Some years it's fun and it's you know it's a uh, it's a healthy um, healthy competition, but other years it's like some genuine disregard for the other team. So I think uh, Illinois walking into this walking into this week. Um, not only do they have to play well, but they have to manage them emotions coming into this game because there's a lot riding on this and there's a lot of history that's attached to this game as well. 
That's true. This game is about more than the the, the land of Lincoln uh, hat trophy. This game really is about uh, bragging rights. It's about pride. It's about the fact that we both believe that we are um, the premier Big Ten institution uh, in the in the state. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, you know, as you say, historical context there that we've got to be aware of. And so, hopefully, uh, our our young men and our coaches can understand the enormity of this moment. They can understand that um, this is not just about uh, the rest of this season. This is about, um, you know, where this program is going and being able to uh, to to maneuver through this pretty tough spot we're in right now. Um, Northwestern is not going to take their foot off the, the gas for us, man. They're going to come through. And they've had a, a very tough uh, season as a program, uh, you know, starting uh, back off in the summer. Uh, they're, they're playing without the guy who was their head coach for a very long time and who everybody kind of identified and associated with Northwestern football. And they've tried to find a way to bounce back, and they have. They've, they've become more eligible uh, before we have. And so uh, they will uh, they will want nothing more than to keep us uh, out of a, a postseason game. Uh, and so we've got to take that seriously, and we've got to take that personal, and we got to show up. No, a lot riding on this game, a lot of things to consider as a player, as a coach, as an alum, um, because, there's a, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly – it's certainly a group effort. It's a state effort. Is is I mean, it's so much riding on this game, and so many different components and layers to this. Um, so this is, I mean, this every day is critical going into this game because, like I said, I mean, this this can go either way quickly. Um, this can get this can get be really good for Illinois early, or this can get really bad for Illinois early, or we can have another situation where we come down to a fourth quarter. Um, you know, come from behind situation and see what that looks like. So, um, so I'm excited about it. Um, I definitely got some anxiety uh, in terms of because anytime your back is against the wall, you're definitely going to be a bit anxious. But I'm excited to see what exactly Illinois is uh, made of and Coach B, uh, how he prepares his team and how these guys respond. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, now, before we move too far away from you know Illinois versus Iowa, let's 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 unpack that a little bit. Super excited to see John Paddock go out there and throw for over 200 yards again. Isaiah Williams, man, this dude is just cooking. And he's really showing up as one of the premier wide receivers in this conference, one of the playmakers in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, give, give me your assessment of what you saw this weekend uh, coming out the Iowa game. This weekend was a perfect example that sometimes to win, every single thing has to go right. Uh, and when one or two things go wrong, you find yourself on the, the, the wrong end uh, of the W and the L column, right? And that's what happened to us. Um, you know, I think we played well coming out the gate. I was impressed with how we held them uh, up into the the half. Uh, but when it came down to, I think, the fourth quarter, uh, there were some questionable things that I think we did from a strategic, um, you know, placement standpoint. There were some questionable, th- questionable things with the defense. Um, you know, the, 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 the run that I think secured the win for Iowa was a old school Hayden Fry, Kurt Ferentz, Iowa. Um, I backed right up the middle, right in the, through the yeah. middle in the heart and soul of our defense, which we should never let happen, right? Um, and and that's what you know I think secured the win for them. And so, all in all, I was as I said extremely impressed with as you said Isaiah, um, and and with Paddock, um, and with the way that we were able to kind of pull ourselves together. Um, I didn't think that this was going to be a shootout, and we know it was a low-scoring game, and we knew that it was going to be that way from the beginning. But because of that, that you know, that ethos, you got to 
play some smash mouth football. And I think it was time for us to show up in that fourth quarter. We, we, we didn't. Um, Juice, you know, I very rarely question what goes on from a coaching standpoint. Um, but, you know, it seemed that on fourth and two, we were ready to punt the ball, which, you know, was problematic with only, you know, two and a half or three minutes left on, on the clock. Uh, and then we ran the same play twice on third and fourth down, um, which it makes me think that we weren't, you know, ready in, in, in that space. And so I say all this to say that I still think that this program is moving in the right direction. I still think we got the right folks calling the signals. And I think we still have the right head guy. Um, what I what I question is whether or not we are ready to win, right? Um, yeah. And it seems that we've talked about this winning is a habit, just like losing is a habit. And Iowa clearly decided that they were going to come in and find a way to win uh, when it seems for us that we, we, we weren't completely there yet. Uh, and and this this is no rub on the effort from our from our guys. I think that they gave effort. Um, we just got to, you know, in, in a season like this where all eyes are stacked against us um, and people think we peaked way too quickly last year, we have to find a way not just to play not to lose, but to play to win, right? And that 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 starts with uh, the, the play call and that that that, that permeates through uh, what our players do every single snap. I was telling someone as I was watching the game this week, Juice, like, listen, man, we we should be, you know, balls to the wall, completely just, you know, full throttle um, in some of our decisions this year for a few reasons. One, we have nothing else to lose, right? Number two, I think we need to send a signal to, to our fans and our recruits and everybody that we are going to be aggressive in the way we operate. And thirdly, you don't have to believe this, but I believe that the, the angel of Dick Buckus is watching over us. Um, and and, and you know, our, our, our friend, the late Dick Buckus, is not going to help us if we're not going to help ourselves, right? <laughs> so we have to be out there and be aggressive, man. And, and um, you know, that, that's, that's I saw a lack of that this week. Hopefully we can learn from that. Yeah. Now that's a, I mean, that's a great perspective for sure. And I, I, look, I always had this notion where you when you plan against an elite team, Right, you playing against a team that's eight and one, eight and two, um, that's pretty much in the driver's seat um, of the conference or whatever league that you're in, and you're kind of middle of the pack, or you just not having a great season. That's the time where you just go all in. You put all your chips on the table and say, "Look, we playing this thing to win. We're trying to beat you versus we're trying not to lose this game." That's right. And it's and for the people who are not necessarily football fans, there's a distinct difference between the two playing not to lose it's very conservative it's a lot of game management you're very very cautious you go out and play the win you go for it on fourth and two right you you take a shot on third and short because you know for a fact that you're going to go for it on fourth down right you every now and then you'll throw in a, a, a fake punt or onside kick just to keep people off guard because we're being aggressive and that's two different styles of play and two different mentalities that you have i think as Illinois, you walk into this game five and five against uh, eight and two Iowa team. That's the time to do it. All yeah. right, we we're trying to get to a place, and actually, we want to dethrone y'all, right? And this is the time to do it. We want to catch you off guard and do that. And we saw, and there's so many different pivotal moments in Illinois football where we could pinpoint the fourth and one against Ohio State, right? The the 2001 2002 Big Ten title year where we had to go for and you know play against some 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 pretty top notch teams. And we go out there and play to win. That was the time I think to showcase that. Now that being said, now I think we've gotten into a situation against Northwestern where we kind of play not to win. I mean, not to lose at this point. I think we have to be a little bit more conservative until we get into a situation like a fourth quarter where all the chips on the table. We got to do. We got to do. 
But now this is one of those games because, again, just the historical element of it, there are situations where we have to keep this game close and ultimately go out there and just be better playmakers than Northwestern come to the fourth quarter. So we, we've we've taken away that element of being overly aggressive because we now we have to win and we have to be super cautious on every single detail that we, uh, that we do going into this week. That's right. Yeah. And that, that adds up. And that's why um, it's always helpful to get out in front early. It's always helpful to not be playing from behind. Um, and we're going to see that again this week, right? Northwestern has already secured their ticket to go to a bowl game. Um, now they can either uh, stay where they are, or they can go to a quote-unquote better bowl game and at the same time deny us the opportunity to do that. Um, they, so, would not, they would love even more. <laughs> they would love that. They would love that. And so um, we're in a bit of a, a disadvantaged position, but that doesn't mean that we can't, um, you know, show up and do it in a major way. But I think you're absolutely right. Yep. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how we approach this. But, again, all in all, it's good to see uh, John Pettick, Isaiah Williams go out there and be on the same page. And, look, we knew – this was an Iowa team. This is a Kurt Ferentz-based team. They're going to be smash-mouth on offense. And on defense, they're going to play very, very similar coverage, very similar styles of defense. They're just going to be really good at it. And we see that being evident um, with John Paddock being, you know, struggling a little bit in terms of completion percentage because Iowa do what Iowa does very better than probably any other team in the Big Ten. But like you said, we always talk about silver linings. Somehow, some way, Isaiah Williams is constantly getting loose. And he's not doing this as a one-off or some lucky sort of game. He caught the defense in great, great positions. He's doing this consistently now. And this is just telling me he's getting into a place where as a Big Ten playmaker, he is almost impossible to stop. Now, I say all that to say, going into this Northwestern game, when your back is against the wall, when you need to play, Isaiah is showing that against a defense that is very stout and they're very much good at what they do, he can't be held back. Lackluster, not so great defense like a Minnesota, he's going out there and putting on the show. So to me, you got to get in a situation where that becomes your failsafe on third and short, fourth down situations where ideally you might just want to run the football and get a yard or two. We're not that sort of, you know, smash mouth team just yet. We haven't developed into that type of team just yet where we just get mean, nasty, and we just go get it. We might have to get the ball on the outside and let Isaiah do what he does because he's showing up as one of the top playmakers in the Big Ten. Was Much like when we see with Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, now, now not to make the comparison of the two, but just from a playmaking ability standpoint for our prospective teams, he's showing up as that guy that can go out there and get the job done in any situation. So, like I said, I mean, yes, we've entered a space of having having to play not to lose, but even then, there has to be heavy doses of getting Isaiah the ball. And look, coming off this game, he should be dog tired after this game against Northwestern. Like he shouldn't have anything left in the tank, right? Coming off this game because it's it's all chips on the table, and we got to do we got to do to go out and get a win. Yeah, that, that, that's right, and and listen. Um... Isaiah is going to continue to um, engender a lot of attention and people are going to be trying to find ways to stop him because he is that type of a playmaker. Uh, and we've talked about this before. Hopefully that frees up guys like Pat, right? And, and other guys who can get the ball and, and do what they do. Um, but it does, it shows he, he seems to be really comfortable with um, Paddock under, under, under the center. Uh, and we've seen some really great things happen with that connection. And so um, this is going to be a game where he needs to come out early 
uh, and show who he is and show this defense that they've got their hands for. Yep. Now speaking of speaking of which, um, let's talk about like some keys to actually winning this game against Northwestern. From a defensive standpoint, what do you see as key components of slowing down Northwestern's offense and getting the defense off the field, getting the ball back to to a high pace offense that we have right now? Yeah, so I watched a, a bit of Northwestern play this year, and what I've seen them do and, and do well is that um, they've been able uh, not just to neutralize defensive lines at the at the point of attack, uh, but they've also been able to create situations where there's some confusion between uh, your your down guys and and the running back. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the, the linebacker core. Um, what we can do to I think cut through that is to make sure that. Um, you know, our three techniques, our five techniques, our guy, whoever's playing over over the nose, uh, is very aware and keenly and acutely aware that their job is not just to uh, reaffirm a new line of scrimmage and to make sure that they can stop the, the run at the point of attack, uh, but they are freeing up our linebackers to roam freely. Northwestern has been able to capitalize when linebackers have been confused and they've been stacked on top of the D lineman and they can't move around the field. Uh, we've got athletic guys uh, in, in those positions, and so if our big guys are um, concerned with the, the dual duty of one making plays, but also making sure that their 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 counterparts behind them have the ability to roam free and to use their athletic uh, acumen and ability to, to to stop these plays. I think we're in a really good spot. Um, that also makes things easier for our defensive backs. Um, it, it frees them up a little bit and gives them the ability to both uh, make decisions between uh, between uh, pressure and coverage, which we've always done good at when, we, when we're all working uh, together in that space. And so I think that's the key to this game. We've got to control the tempo. Um, let's get the offense the ball. Um, and let's not have the defense stay on the on the field too long. Uh, we've talked about money downs in the past. Third down has to be um, uh, important to us, and we got to make sure that we can uh, stop them from converting on third down because that that is uh, going to be a pivotal part uh, of, of this engagement against Northwestern. We got to put our foot on the gas, man, and we can't let up. And we got to go for broke early and often yep. and make sure that we dominate this game. Yep. So, look, man, I, I agree with you 100%. And going into this game against Northwestern, we talked about on previous shows that third down, the money down has to be critical. I actually think it's a little bit in reverse going into this game because there's so much emotion and so much riding into this game. I think the big plays are going to be critical this time. And I'm not talking about, and I'm talking from an offensive perspective with Illinois. I, I'm thinking it's not about sustaining third downs. Anytime, just naturally or in general, you want to stay on the field on third downs. But I think first and second down, you get chunks. You get big plays. You put Northwestern in a situation where they trail it from behind right away. And then later in, the, later in the game, we get into, you know, game management, conservative, playing not to lose at that point. But I think early on, you get the ball to Reggie Love and Isaiah Williams early and often. And when I say Isaiah should be tired, he should be in a, in a ballpark of 25 to 30 touches this game. And how you got to do a drag, screens, motion into the backfield, lining him up and running back, direct snaps, punt returns, 25 to 30 touches because, like I said, he's he's elevated himself as a weapon in this conference that's hard to stop. And you lean on guys like that to ultimately win. Now, until we get to a place where as a team we know how to collectively win and we've had some experience with winning as a unit, great. We can sort of diversify the play calling a little bit. But if I'm – preparing for this week 
I'm reserving and getting him as, as many massages as possible because going into Saturday, he should touch the ball all, about eight to ten times every single quarter. And that's how I think Illinois jumps out to a fast start. Hit him, hit, hit him, hit him in the mouth, hit him often. Don't be conservative early on in the game. You take a nice lead and you put you put Northwestern in the trail from behind situation um, and just kind of keep them with the anxiety on their back. I think that's right. Um, that is that is the perfect formula to walk out of Memorial Stadium this weekend with a win and with a bowl berth. That's how we do it. Uh, and I, I, I don't see um, that being a problem for us if we commit to that and we like in early. One hundred percent. So again, like we talked about, uh, a lot is riding on this game. A lot of historical elements um, that that kind of ride on this. Northwest Illinois. I personally have been in a situation, as I alluded to before, where we walk into this game five and six, needing one win to to actually make into a bowl in two thousand eight, uh, and we failed the assignment because we entered that space um, not taking care of business early, and we all we just left this lingering. Um, hope for Northwestern, which, you know, they ultimately came on and, and got the win. You you take that away right away. Like I said, I mean, you hit them, you hit them early, you hit them often, you get the ball to your playmakers and you let them know, like, we're the best team in, in this state, right? We are the Chicago team. And there's a reason why the Chicago wears, the Chicago Bears wear orange and blue. There's a reason for that. And let us go out there and remind y'all the type of time that you're on right now with us having our back against the wall, needing to win in Memorial Stadium. It's time for the team to show. And as a program, you take this momentum, you get bowl eligible. It's two, that'll be two in a row, which we haven't done very often as a program, right? And you let this, you know, let us take us to a bowl game, which ultimately lingers over to the, to the following year where we continue to build on the tradition and uh, other program. And, you know, obviously start the course correct what we've done historically as an Illinois football program. You're absolutely right, Juice. This is not just a game. This is a moment, uh, a moment that's going to permeate through uh, history for us, uh, not just because of the rivalry with Northwestern, but because what we are building and in the process of building as a team. Um, Coach Bielema's legacy is going to be at some point tied to how we uh, how we finish out this season. Right. Uh, and so I, I think our, our, our guys understand that. I know our alumni understand that. I'll say this, you know, because of the way that we've been playing for the last few weeks, I'm on a group chat uh, with a bunch of guys who, who played. I think most of those folks are older than you, right? So it's the bridge. I'm the bridge between the, the Sugar Bowl season and the, and the Rose Bowl season. Um, and some of those guys who came to, to uh, Illinois in the 1990s, the late 90s, who haven't said anything on this group text for five years, uh, have been really engaged recently. Right, yeah. uh, which makes me see, makes makes me realize that people are watching and paying attention, and so this is a big one for us. No, hundred percent, man. It's a lot rider in this game. It's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of history, a lot of a lot of good blood, not so good blood that's that's going into this Northwestern game. Um, you know, a lot of emotions around this. So, juice box segment. It just came up top of my head. Uh, Cam, if you can play this game in whatever venue you wanted to play this game. Uh, right, and you talk about rivalry week. You know, obviously we have Ohio State, Michigan. You have, you know, all, all the rivalries around the country: USC, UCLA. If you could pick a venue for Northwestern versus Illinois football, where is that venue and why? So that's a, that's a great question. And I, I'll say this, Juice. I think I think you may have heard me say this before, and I, I know I've, I've publicly uh, lamented about this, uh, but I think that. Northwestern, excuse me, and Illinois uh, being the last game of the season, every single season, 
Um, and both of us happen our the majority of our fan base is in the city of Chicago, Illinois, uh, that we should be playing uh, in Chicago. I love Champaign. Edmonton's okay. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, we should be playing in Chicago, right? And, and uh, I love football games uh, in, in Soldier Field for us for those reasons that you mentioned, right? George Hallis being a great Illini uh, and the father of the, of the NFL who chose the colors of the Bears to be orange and blue because of the colors that he wore uh, in Champaign. Um, uh, once again, the, the the fan base being there, I even uh, have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for football games at Wrigley Field because what also is true is that up until uh, 1971, I believe it, it is, uh, the Bears didn't play football at Soldier Field. They played it at Wrigley Field. That, w- that was their home their home stadium as well, right? So we talk about the the, the Dick Buckus um, great highlights. Most of those things happen on the north side of Chicago uh, in that ballpark up there. And so I, I would love for it to be a Chicago game where we're uh, able to bring out both of the fan bases around Thanksgiving weekend. Um, it would just be, I think, a, a tradition uh, that could really uh, – that could really move our program along and, and get people excited about Big Ten football uh, in the greatest city uh, in the country. Absolutely. A lot riding on this game. We all will be tuning in to see Illinois football versus Northwestern. Uh, that's it for this segment. Cam, is always um, fun and exciting to catch up with you per usual. Stay tuned and we will see you next week. 